Today is Wednesday, November the 8th, 2023. Welcome to the program. On the show today, the Canada Pension Plan is raising rates to shift wealth from boomers to millennials and Gen Z. We'll look at what's happening there. Also, the Canada Revenue Agency is going to make it hurt more if you owe back taxes. Plus, that's Canada announced our latest trade balance numbers this morning and they blew away market expectations. The RBC HSBC takeover is facing more headwinds. Canadian auto strike is finally over. And lastly, on today's program, we'll look at some earnings. Let's get started with today's news. There's kind of a sneaky intergenerational transfer of wealth that's going on here in Canada. And if you're a younger worker in the country, you're probably pretty happy about the news that a bunch of boomers like me, we're going to have to start making more contributions to the Canada Pension Plan to help pay for your retirement. Now, back in 2019, the government revamped the CPP program and they cleverly added the word enhanced. That basically means that the costs are going up. Yes, benefits are also going to gradually increase over the years, but obviously those extra benefits aren't coming out of thin air, so rates have been going up ever since as well. Well, starting January 1st, 2024, so less than a month from now, we're going to see the launch of what they're calling the Second Additional CPP Contributions, or CPP2. This is something that a lot of people aren't even aware of. Yes, we're all going to be paying higher rates once this kicks in, but this is really where it gets interesting. There is a new surtax for higher income earners. First off, as is always the case when a new calendar year comes along, our contribution rates go up across the board. So this year, employee and employer CPP contribution rates for 2024, the rate itself is staying the same at 5.95%, and they're based on the yearly maximum pensionable earnings, uh, which is increasing to $68,500 this year. So after you factor out the 3,500 basic exemption that everybody gets that you don't pay tax on, um, the maximum contribution this coming year will be $3,867.50, and that's up from the 3,754 and change that we paid uh, in 2023. If you're self-employed, you're already going to know this, but you need to pay double. So you're now paying 11.9%. The maximum contribution you'll be making for your CPP this year is $7,735. Here's what's new, though, with the CPP2. For individuals earning more than $68,500, there's going to be an additional uh, contribution, additional layer of 4% of your earnings on the next $4,700. So that takes us up to $73,200 before the contributions are capped. So for employees, that's an additional $188 each. For the self-employed, CPP2 contribution rates will now be 8% on that extra amount. The maximum self-employed contribution will be an additional $376 in 2024. So this is where I get into the fact that the boomers like me, we're gonna be subsidizing the retirement benefits for the younger demographic. The CPP enhancement, I mentioned earlier when I started this video, the benefit there really only comes if you've worked for from the years 2019 or later. So because of this, employees who are just entering the workforce now, earlier in their careers, definitely you're gonna see the largest increase in CPP benefits, while employees who are near the end of our working lives, we're gonna see a smaller increase. The kicker is if you're currently receiving CPP now, other than the normal inflation adjustments that you get every year, none of these extra contributions will help you. Your CPP benefits won't increase at all. If you owe the Canada Revenue Agency for overdue taxes, or if you're in the habit of skipping your installment payments as they come out throughout the year, uh, it's soon going to cost you more. The interest rate for government charges on overdue taxes 
on missed installment payments. That's going up to 10% on January the 1st. And this will make it more expensive both for individuals, but also for business owners. And it, it shifts a greater priority to a lot of people to making sure that their taxes are up to date. It's been a relatively common practice over the years for many people just to ignore the installment payments. And these, these apply if you expect that your net tax in the current year is gonna be $3,000 or more. And if you've had $3,000 or more um, owing in either the previous year or the year before that, you'll, um, you will be uh, liable for paying these installment payments. And you'll know because you'll fall uh, into the group if you get a letter from the CRA during the year and it'll send you these reminders throughout the course of the year. If you don't get that letter, you probably don't fall into that category. If you choose to ignore these payments, which again has been very common practice, the CRA is going to charge you interest retroactively when you file your tax returns. Uh, a lot of accountants um, have done for their clients, say, a cost-benefit be uh, analysis, or they've even just factored in the hassle of installing, uh, making the installment payments because a lot of people just hate doing that. They haven't gotten too worked up about it, uh, you know, for in the past when people have chosen to defer. I imagine that advice is probably going to change now with these significantly higher interest rates that we're seeing now. So if you do expect you're going to be owing taxes at the end of the year, it's probably a good idea to make your installment payments on time. And if you owe back taxes, uh, probably better to settle up sooner rather than later. The Blossom community is continuing to grow. There's over 60,000 members now. There's some very exciting plans coming up for the next couple of months. So if you're not already a member, it's free to join. Just download the Blossom app. It's easy to get started. If you do set up a profile, be sure to follow me. My username is Mark B. You can keep up to date on my holdings and the trades that I'm making on the platform. Statistics Canada announced this morning that the country's merchandise trade surplus for the month of September was $2 billion. And that compares with a surplus of $949 million in the month of August, and it blew away expectations of $1 billion. It is now the widest trade surplus since June of 2022. Uh, this report said that total exports were up 2.7% to $67 billion, uh, with the biggest boost coming from crude oil exports up 13.7%. Uh, total exports for the month increased 1% to $65 billion. Back in September, the Federal Competition Bureau here in Canada, it approved RBC's proposed takeover of HSBC's Canadian branches. The deal was originally announced about a year ago, and Royal Bank is expected to take over about 130 locations of HSBC here in our country. Approval by the Competition Bureau, though, isn't the last step in the process. Usually it's pretty perfunctory, but this deal still needs approval by the Finance Minister, Christian Freeland, and also the Office of the superintendent of financial institutions. This deal has now become a bit of a political football. Uh, first off, there's conservative uh, leader Pierre Polyev. He said that he wants the government to block the transaction. And he says that you know, taking out a competitor from the landscape would hurt consumers, cause bank fees to go up. He's now joined by uh, the House of Commons Finance Committee, which has also asked Ottawa to reject the acquisition. Now for context, HSBC has about 3% market share of the domestic mortgage and deposit market. Um, that compares with RBC's current market share of around 20%. In a major step towards ending the ongoing turmoil, thankfully, in the auto industry here, about 60% of Stellantis workers have voted to accept the new collective agreement. The new deal will run for three years and it'll cover around 8,200 uniform members. Are the key elements of the deal, this includes a roughly 20% pay increase over the three-year life of the contract. It includes additional paid holidays, 
cost of living allowances, and a $10,000 signing bonus for full-time employees. If you fall into the category of being a skilled trade worker, wage increases will be 25%. Now, Lana Payne, who is the Unifor National President, she says that this agreement will be in line with the previous agreements that were made with both Ford um, and General Motors. And by the end of this three-year term, a full-time production worker will make $44.52 an hour. Canada's life insurance companies have started to report their earnings. And yesterday, IA Financial reported its third quarter 2023 earnings. It had core earnings per share of $2.50, and that's up 10% from Q3 2022. The reported earnings per share, which includes the impact of volatile items, was $0.54. Cents. That compares with a penny in Q3 of 2022. The core earnings were reported at $256 million versus $241 million back a year ago. Core earnings include reported net income of $55 million and $201 million of adjustments. And these are due to unfavorable market-related impacts that differ from management's best um, estimate assumptions. It's noted on this 2022 report that the annual results have been restated for the adoption of the IFRS 17 insurance contracts, which came into effect January 1st, 2023 and the related IFRS 9 financial in, uh, instruments overlay. This is the, the, the new accounting standards, and it says that figures for 2022 are not audited um, and could change. Now, in the financial world, Intact Financial also reported its Q3 2023 earnings yesterday. Net income was $163 million, and that's down from $375 million a year earlier. Earnings per share, they were $0.83 cents a share, that's down from $2.05 per share last year. The company reported operating direct premiums written of $5.9 billion. That's a 6% increase over 2022's $5.4 billion. Underwriting income was $348 million. That was down 28% from Q3 2022. Their number there was $472 million. Rivian Automotive also reported uh, late Tuesday and its Q3 adjusted loss narrowed to $1.19 per diluted share. And that is better than a loss of $1.57 a year earlier. Um, analysts were expecting an adjusted loss of $1.32 in this case. Revenue from the quarter was $1.34 billion, up from the $536 million it saw a year earlier. The expectations for revenues were $1.31 billion. The company also provided some guidance, and it said that it has increased its full-year 2023 production guidance uh, to 54,000 units, um, up from 52,000 units. Uber Technologies reported its third quarter income. It came in with net income of $0.10 cents per diluted share, and that swings from a loss of $0.61 cents a year earlier. Analysts were expecting earnings of 12 cents a share in this case. Revenues for the quarter were 9.29 billion. That's up 11% from 8.34 billion a year earlier. They did miss analyst expectations though of 9.54 billion. Gross bookings overall were up 21% and they saw a 31% surge in mobility and 18% in deliveries. For guidance, Uber says that it expects a Q4 gross bookings of a range of $36.5 billion to $37.5 billion. There are still a lot of earnings reports left to come out this week. Uh, later today, after the markets close, we have Disney reporting. Uh, we also have reports from TransCanada, Manulife, Great West Life will continue on the life insurance company's reporting. Uh, tomorrow, we have reports from Suncor, Rogers, Canadian Tire. And then on Friday, we have Algonquin Power scheduled to report. So if you're not subscribed to the program now, I'm here every Monday. I'm here every Wednesday with this type of report, hopefully to keep you up to date. Um, I will put a link for our investing academy in the description below. If you haven't already signed up for our newsletter that goes out every weekend, it's called The Pulse. I will put a link in the description of that as well. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'll see you soon.